0: Have not followed his Triple H horse racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening, and welcome to episode 295 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your very proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thank you very much for joining us on a very special night. It is opening weekend at Keeneland, and this Saturday, it is Fall Stars Saturday, a jam-packed stakes laden card. When you're in Breeders' Cup races, we're going to be talking about the all-stakes late pick five. It's an incredible sequence with fantastic horses. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After you do that, hit that notification bell so that you know when new content will rise on this show and smash, I mean, smash that like button. That'll send the YouTube algorithm here to the channel. And anyone who enjoys horse racing will be sent to the HHH Racing Podcast. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter there on my name tag at H Kravitz and scrolling at the bottom of the screen, my email H at gmail.com feel free To email me with anything, please comment down below the video player tonight, whether you're watching, especially if you're watching as a replay. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the fantastic card on Saturday at Keeneland because there are some very, very talented horses running. We'd love to hear what you have to say if you cannot join us here live tonight. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have Keeneland Power Picks, and very important, if you want. The best deal, our best discount, you need to subscribe uh, by tonight, Thursday night, midnight. Nine cards, 40 bucks, ABC grids, price spot plays, detailed all turf $3 pick three analysis, everything you could possibly want for our Friday, Saturday, Sunday cards at Keeneland. Look below the video player, but you must subscribe tonight, Thursday night before midnight. If you don't do that, you can still subscribe to the Power Picks tip sheet on a weekend by weekend basis. So the second weekend and the third weekend. And you can do that Mondays through Thursdays. Again, all this is on our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Check below the video player also for information. And we also have regular Power Picks on Saturdays where we cover uh, different stakes and different tracks throughout the country. Check that out as well. Fantastic website, HHHRacingPodcast.com. All right, I'm going to bring on first my co-host. we got a very special guest tonight, Caleb Keller from FanDuel TV, fan of the show, friend of the show. He was on with us last year as he covers Keeneland like a glove uh, and many other great tracks as well for FanDuel. We're excited to have Caleb on tonight. He's in the bullpen. We'll bring him on here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, let's bring on my great co-host first, From the East Coast of Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, and from the Saratoga Special in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, we are expecting a big crowd tonight. There's no baseball the way things worked out. There's some very bad football on that no one cares about, including my Chicago Bears. So, listen, if you need any other reasons, I don't think you do, we're going to have a great show and a great viewership, guys, tonight. How are we doing?
1: Excellent. What's up, Paul? Good
2: evening.
0: Looking good, good at, the, at the Crowdsway hat, Paul. You ordered one. I did. I love it. We got to talk to Caleb about a horse named Shards that all of us, I don't even know if Caleb knows, all of us on this screen, plus Kyle Roscoe has a small piece of, and Shards is running Sunday. We are extremely Sunday. excited about that. We'll, we'll talk about that very briefly with Caleb. Guys, right before we bring on Caleb, I just want to recognize some breaking news outside of the horse racing world. Uh, Dick Butkus, a fantastic football player and a legend here in the Chicago area he just passed away. And Paul, I just asked you, you've got Pete and I by a few years. You didn't have the chance to see Dick Buckus in person, but the guy was the most intimidating football player for years and really did a lot of good things here in the Chicago area. So our condolences to uh, Dick Buckus and his family, Pete, I don't know if you've seen the highlights of Dick Buckus. I'm sure you have, but You're the playing. guy was an absolute monster.
1: Yeah. Plenty. And, hence monster,
0: yeah. the midway by the way.
1: I didn't know that either. I hadn't seen that come across. So that's that's you know, that sucks to hear.
0: Yeah. Paul, he was one half of a football player, I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, he really was. I mean, and he was, you know, he'd do whatever
2: he could to beat you. And if he had to cross the line of the rules in that pursuit, you know, <laughs> so be it. Well, that happened uh, in
0: the sixties and early seventies just a bit. So Oh uh,
2: god, I, I don't know I don't know how many games he would complete in the way they call things now.
0: Oh yeah, he might he- <laughs> A few 15 yard uh unnecessary roughness penalties.
2: Oh, forget it. Yeah. And but Caleb. uh no, he was a tough guy. He wasn't the biggest guy in the world no. either. He he was just uh you know, if he were hurt, God help the God help the trainer who tried to get him off the field. No, it wasn't know. happening.
0: No, he was just a mean son of a gun. Uh but anyway, fantastic football player. Let's check the chat real quick. Michael Austin is here. Can't wait. Would have also been cool for you guys to do that. Breeders' Cup pick six with – so we're going to uh, – Michael, if you subscribe to the Power Picks, and I think you do, Michael, but whether you do or don't, uh, and Pete and Paul don't even know this, but the second portion of this Saturday's Power Picks tip sheet, which I write, is going to cover all the stake races at Santa Anita. And, guys, I'm going to include some pick six strategy with that bet. So, Michael Austin if you subscribe to the Power Picks, um you will get information on that. There's so many stake races this weekend, guys. It's hard to cover – uh everyone big gary coloroso is here happy keelan what's up simon o'neill from overseas is here what's up simon stephen vanderbrook good evening uh yes please smash that like button we've got what 14 smashes let's get let's get 100 smashes on there uh ralph conti of course Pete loves in italian in on saturday we'll talk about in italian for the italians uh let's see penn state scott is here all right, so we got all the great players here. Let's go ahead and bring on first our special guest handicapper. Like I said, he was with us last year. Very happy to have him on again. He's going to be covering Keelan exclusively for FanDuel TV. I believe, I'm assuming he's in Lexington already right now. Let's bring him on, the one and only Caleb Keller. Caleb, how are you doing tonight?
3: Howard, Pete, Paul,
0: glad to be on with you. I've been
3: looking forward to this. What's up, yeah,
2: man? Yeah, thanks for coming
0: on. I want to let might know.
2: Uh, I thought he might be coming to us live from the bar at Tony's, but he looks like he's in a, a more sedate location.
3: I'm in the, I'm in the original uh, house growing up. I spent a few days uh, in Indiana with my family, and then oh. early tomorrow morning, we'll head down to Lexington. It's about an hour and 15 away.
0: Very cool. For people, for people that don't know, Caleb, I mean, you're, like you said, you're from Indiana. I mean, Keelan's always been your track. Uh, you love Keelan Racecourse. Tell everyone very briefly your relationship with Keelan.
3: So yeah, I grew up, uh, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, grew up on the other side of the Ohio River in Southern Indiana, and I uh, went to Indiana University, Howard, shout out to the Hoosiers, we're waiting there on we basketball go. season,
0: yep. but yeah. uh,
3: w- went to uh, went to Indiana for sports broadcasting and eventually I uh, got an internship like 10 years ago with TVG and uh, worked my way up from there. So working at Keeneland was my original first place as the intern and the PA, and now I've been doing it for about 10 plus years.
0: Yeah, and you've been doing a great job, Caleb. And I know you've you've been doing a little more hosting, I've seen, over the last few mm-hmm. years as well, which I'm assuming you enjoy that uh, as well. And there's you know there's always some new new fresh blood coming in and out of FanDuel that, that you've had to, the pleasure to work with. Caleb, I wanted to start with a little bit of a surprise that you don't know about. You'll like the surprise. Uh, before we start our pick five, there's a gentleman waiting in the green room that would like to say hello to you. Let's bring on this young man from the University of Kentucky and our Benton and boozin show, co-host, Mr. Noah Maher. Is gonna be. What's up, Noah?
4: <laughs> How you doing, Caleb?
3: I'm doing well, man. Honestly, uh, not to sound like I'm too many years ahead of you, but, man, I'm really proud of you for uh, the yeah. fact that you came in with a lot of passion. I, I ran into him and his mom one night uh, the, at a restaurant downtown Kentucky, and, you know, he's looking at different schools. And, uh, you know, when you got the passion for horse racing like you do and the work ethic, uh, I know you're going to be doing big, great things.
0: I appreciate those kind words. Noah, tell everyone a little bit what you did uh, with Caleb last, uh, was it last fall, correct?
4: Yeah. Uh, no, spring, sorry. Spring, sorry. Um, yeah. So, like he said, I met him in spring of 22, um, just visiting the campus, and I ended up running into him in that restaurant. Um, and then ever since then, uh, he's been super gracious to me and my family. Uh, he let me shadow him one day um, at Keeneland last spring. Um, so, I got to see him uh, do a bunch of interviews and you know just what he does on a daily basis um, and he actually ended up interviewing me uh, before the last race which i was definitely not ready for and that was probably my <laughs> the first time i had had talked with a microphone and in front of a camera which i'd like to say i'm a little bit better at now but kind of still working on it um, but anytime that he's uh gone to a certain location to cover um races like on tvg or, or fan duel uh, i try and go and say hi as much as i can because it's just been so gracious over the course of the time that we've known each other so
0: it's it's interesting to know that you brought up when you were on air let's take a look no i'm just kidding i don't have it i don't have it no i was like wait a minute i wasn't ready for this um caleb noah was you know just a fan of this podcast i believe last year he was in the live chat um and and we we got to know each other a little bit i met him in person and now he's co-host on our wednesday night shows called show and Boozen. Which is for you know young men in their you know early twenties and it knows almost at that point who just love horse racing. I think it's very important to get the younger generation involved. Caleb, what advice do you have for Noah or anyone that might be watching who's of that Gen Z age that wants to get into horse racing? I mean exactly what he's
3: doing. You know, making that UGC user generated content was what we learned. You know, in broadcasting school, and now everybody's got that outlet to be able to do that. I remember my sister when I was in college, took me to an event in Louisville and it was a chance to meet John Asher. And you know, I, I recorded a podcast the day before of all the race to Churchill. And I remember I gave him that DVD or gave him the CD and, and a big notebook and all these. I don't think I picked one winner out of the nine, but nevertheless, you know, I gave it to him and, and got the, the CD into his car. So, you know, just doing what you're doing, that bending, and great. is great. You, everybody here has kept me company uh, in Los Angeles in that slow traffic. So I appreciate the consistency <laughs> of, of what you guys do and also the expertise.
0: Well, thanks a lot, Caleb. And Noah, any, any final thoughts? We're gonna, so, uh, Caleb, I'm not sure. I think you know this, but I'm going to be down there this weekend along with Kyle Roscoe, who's the host of our Ben and show. Of course, Noah's going to be there. We got we have some uh, green room access, Caleb. You're familiar with that. Mr. Jim Goodman took care of us, so uh, we're happy we're going to be in the green room actually Saturday and Sunday. But no, any final thoughts for uh, Caleb before we let you go and start our handicapping?
1: Yeah,
4: no, I just wanted to come on and say hi. Um, I'll let you guys do your thing with uh, Keenan Saturday. Uh, important to mention that we did just get a little bit of rain, so keep that in mind.
0: It's supposed to rain a little, not heavy rain, but it's going to rain for a few hours, I think, right? In Lexington, yeah, and that's right just here. a little
4: sprinkling the last couple hours, and then I think around midnight tonight, not anything too crazy, but just a little bit of moisture.
0: Okay, well, listen, we appreciate the uh, weather update from Noah. Noah, thanks a lot for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I'll see you in – actually, I'm going to call you after the show. we got to talk about a ticket, a good ticket situation. I'll get (laughs) back to you on that. I'll call you after the show. Thanks for coming on, Noah. Yeah, thank
4: you, guys. Have a good show. All right, take care. We'll see you
0: out
3: there.
1: Hey Caleb, you can you can Venmo him the money for all those nice things he said after the show. <laughs> exactly. if <you> need to. <laughs> Hold on
3: just a second here. You go. Forty
1: dollars. <laughs> yeah, there
3: you go. Okay. Forty enough yeah, for big cheap, four.
1: Cheapskate. Now nah, that yeah, bit, you know, he's <laughs> exactly. gonna be there Come in 30 Give him a little bit more. Come on.
0: Caleb, I can't say enough good things about no. I if, boy, I I mean I I'm a I'm in my twenty-seventh year of teaching high school math and I've enjoyed it. But if I had to do over again, I'd probably get into the horse racing industry at his age. And he's so far and beyond, you know, what anything I would have done at that age is handicapping at that. I mean, if I started handicapping, you know, deep diving like he did at that age, uh, I, I predict great things for him I and anyone that gets involved at that age for sure. I have the passion
3: Deep down in this game, everybody on this screen obviously has it. And I mean, you could you could try to learn the vocation and you could try to learn past performances and the TV or the radio that comes along with it. But unless you got that deep down passion, like yep. uh, you know most of the true racetrackers do, if you got it, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out.
0: Well, speaking of deep down passion, guys, I'm very passionate about this late pick five on Saturday. Fall stars Saturday. Caleb, tell everyone, uh, as I bring up the entries for race six, the first one, just tell everyone very briefly what you're going to be doing specifically for FanDuel, this Keeneland fall meeting.
3: So uh, a little bit of everything. First part of the card tomorrow on opening day, I'm going to be on the desk with Carruthers, and then for the uh, latter half of the stakes races, I'm going to be out there mostly in the paddock uh, for all the graded stakes races. So I'll be going back and forth and talking to the connections, trainers, owners, and jockeys. And you know we've we've upped the information uh, graphically, starting with Churchill Downs. We have like the uh, beyond the past performances. We're talking to connections ahead of time. Uh, we got, you know, advanced stats, which we kind of haven't had before. So we really uh, up the elements to the handicapping. And I think people are going to really like it at Keeneland.
0: Uh, it's fantastic. And I definitely plan on going to the paddock on Saturday for several times. And I, before I even forget, I don't know if everyone's looked at the last race on Saturday. Wow. That is a loaded loaded baby race that we're not really going to talk about. Well, Paul did because maybe you, well thought that would end the pick five. Oops. We had that issue tonight on this show, but anyway, it does not end the pick five, Uh, but the last race to Keelan, maybe at the end cable, if we have a minute, we can talk about that last race to Keelan. If you've looked at it, because it is absolutely loaded. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen. This is the first time everyone on the screen has seen each other's picks to open the late all the uh excuse me late pick five all stakes there are some winning year ends this is not one of them but kale this is always one of my favorite races of the year along with the shaker town these these five and a half furlong uh, turf sprints at Keeland are just extremely difficult and a lot of fun here is the field for the woodford this opens up the all stakes late pick five on saturday about 3 40 eastern it is a huge field of 12 and the Moyline favorite is the number two. It's a Euro. Live in the dream for West and and Karan. Karan, I believe, is coming in from Europe. Uh, Very interesting horse. You see our picks. Caleb, you're always going to go first uh tonight, so be prepared for that. You're going to go with a little bit of price. You're going to go with a Trombetta Rosario horse. Arzac, Kentucky, bred 15-1 to 1 morning line. Caleb, hit it. You're on.
3: Well, the last two... Runnings of this race. We've seen a great horse. We've seen Golden Powell, but we've also seen like a three to five favorite that was kind of unbeatable. So this is the first Woodford in a while that's been blown open. And speaking of Golden Powell, this RZAC's always had great class. You see down there at the bottom, last summer in the Troy, got within a length of Golden Powell, second a length to bound for nowhere. So yeah. class-wise, we're there. I'm tossing out the synthetic races. Bad trouble two starts ago and still was flying out there in the middle part of the course at saratoga and this is a turf sprint at keeneland where you can really launch like other five furlong and five and a half furlong turf sprints hold up much better on the pace than keeneland so i'm looking for a couple launchers here uh with both the five and the six olympic runner i've always felt like it's getting better and i like that late kick with hernandez but guys i haven't really seen a horse like this too in this race before first of all we haven't seen a lot of euros second of all we haven't seen a lot of euros as the favorite yeah and third of all the Euro that came in, you know, blasted out to the front in a straightaway race and left the field in the dust. So the Two's a real intriguing horse. I don't think that, at least by my quick memory, Coraine, I've never seen this rider at Keeneland. So the Two's a very interesting wild card as a favorite.
0: Very interesting. And if you see our picks on the bottom screen, Caleb, uh, Pete and I, and by the way, Pete, you're going to see throughout the night. Pete, if you have a good night. I'm going to have a good night because usually you and paul seem to be simpatico yeah right my friend pete you and i could have a monster or horrific day on saturday to <laughs> find out we've got the six on top caleb uh olympic runner we see it the same way i think you make some great points about arzak uh tell everyone about this turf course you can definitely close like you mentioned it's going to be lush it, it might have a little moisture in it based off the rain today but not much um, It's very fair, Caleb. And in general, I've seen you. I, I prefer to be on the outside, actually, than the inside of Keeneland, personally.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, turf sprints. I always play that for a potential deep close that I wouldn't play at other tracks. If it starts to rain and get like borderline, they're taking it off the turf, and it gets like really slow and heavy. That's when it's really hard to pass horses, especially yeah. going two turns. So later on in the meet, when you get a kind of a dreary day with rain that they're still on, go for the pace setters to keep going.
0: Yeah, I, I like your. I've got Arzac as a B as in boy. I play ABC tickets, Caleb. I'm sure you're familiar with that. Uh, uh, that type of bet. I've got the horse as a B. Uh, let's go to you, Paul, because you've got the Euro. We need to talk about this Euro. Living the dream. Is this sort of default to the Euro, Paul, or are you just like you don't think this is a strong field, or do you have any insight? Uh, because as Caleb mentioned, I don't know if you watched any replays. I actually watched a few replays, Paul. This horse, unusually for a Euro. Is very quick out of the gate and does like to go to the lead, but has not been able to get the job done going five.
2: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything. I, I do. I kind of agree with you, Howard, on the inside, and I would rather have a horse forward going from down in there. I, I was not picking this horse, and but boy, then I'm thinking, what would Highfield Princess uh, look <laughs> like in, in here? Yeah, and uh, I, I think it will be pretty formidable. Uh, honestly, though, and, and Caleb brought it up, and I do agree. It, you know, you'll have to see the board, but if this horse is a you know medium to heavy favorite, you're supposed to try to beat him. Um, I, I agree with Caleb on the the field being wide open. Um, I think that's another uh, another way of saying not that great. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of equal. Um, one of the horses I like is a Price coffee maker uh, who's outside, uh, who's nothing special. Another horse I like is nine to two. So, you know, while, while I don't really love the two as a favorite, um, he could, you, you know, a group one winner is a group one winner is a group one winner. And there's yeah. not much in here resembling a group one winner.
0: Caleb, so. I'm just concerned this horse mainly goes five and. You know, obviously, some, these euros usually can go a little further than what it says in the card, right? Because some of these races in Europe, they they have uphill finishes, and usually the half a furlong wouldn't be concern. My concern here, Kale, with this one, and I'm going to use him, but I'm gonna use him very defensively, is if he doesn't get the lead, which I think is somewhat likely based on the fact that Americans just in general are quicker out of the gate and quicker in the first. You know, half a furlong. Can this horse even have the ability to stalk and finish? Because on the tape, I've not seen that. He's very headstrong and very quick and just goes to the lead and just sometimes finishes and sometimes doesn't.
3: And for a bullet, too, it's hard when you've been going straight and making, you know, right handed turns. Yeah. That now you're on the inside and you got fast horses signed on here and a jockey that, you know, hasn't ridden here before and, and a fast horse. So, you know, When you run 123 time forms though, you know, you're eligible to win like any turf race in America. So, you know, the class uh, checks out and the numbers check out, but it still could be a difficult task.
0: I think so. I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I'm curious to see what he's going to be, you know, at, at post time. And speaking of odds and post time, Nick Tamro, friend of the show, um, does a fantastic job with the morning lines at Keeneland, and I'm sure he'll be pretty spot on. Pete, talk about Olympic runner. Caleb already mentioned this horse. I've got this horse on top. So do you. What I see is pretty simply the best closer in the race, despite the fact that he's getting up there in age. He's been reborn the last two starts.
1: Yeah. One quick thing about the two we didn't touch on
0: right now. That horse. Loud. That... I don't know. You're you're pretty you're oh. extremely loud and live there. I'm
1: Italian. That that comes with the territory. <laughs> So you talking well, about? Normally, yeah. I
0: don't care, but it's a little just to let you know. I don't know if you can turn it down a little or maybe yeah, move the okay. mic a little bit further away from your uh, face. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Yeah, with the two, actually, that horse is the third choice there right now go. overseas in, in the, you in, uh, know, basically on odds checker, eight to one. So. It's pretty exactly. well regarded in the in the early betting as well for the Breeders' Cup. So with the 6 though, th- this is a weird race because if you look at if you just use time form as sort of a gauge, there is oh, I think what I'm looking at it now, there's six horses with time forms between 111 and 117, so they're all sort of in the same speed. We know the 2 has speed as well. So it's not like there's that one horse who's just a burner. So I'm looking at it going if a bunch of these horses are all sort of the same early speed and they all go out like we hope they do, then I'm going to go with the best closer. And again, if you look at time form Olympic Olympic runner as a one Oh five, the next closest horse, I think as an 88. So, yeah. and I, what I like about this horse, he almost basically had a lost year in 2022. I, I assume there was something wrong with him. I didn't check, but he had two terrible finishes and then was off for, you know, off until January. And then since then has just been sort of getting incrementally better, which doesn't happen that often at seven, at seven years old, but, I mean, I'll take a horse coming off the pace where we hope the pace up front is going to really heat up. And I think this one might just be getting better. And, and, and again, at seven years old, you don't usually see that. But those last two races were pretty impressive.
0: The other thing I like about this horse, Caleb, I was actually at Kentucky Downs the first time ever, the weekend that Olympic runner ran, by the way, courtesy of FanDuel. So thank you, FanDuel. It was a great, uh, great experience. If you recall, Caleb, that weekend, was speed, 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 speed. I mean, you could not close. It's when they move the rails down there at Kentucky Downs and the inner por- portion was the fresh part of the turf course. Plus there was a lot of wind against them in the in in the home stretch. Anyway, it was a speedway paradise and Olympic runner is one of the few horses that day, Caleb, that actually launched from far back and couldn't quite get there. So we're on the same page here in this race, Caleb. It just depends on which closer you prefer, it seems correct. And
3: a couple things are sticking out for those that are watching on the YouTube live. So the two race sprint sequence back in July where the horse ran like eighth and, and 10th, kind of like Pete said, it was kind of like a lost year basically. But yeah. to go from that two race turf sprint to these two races, 95, 97, and basically could have won both pretty yeah. easily. And one last thing how about that March 4th race. Was that like the loaded allowance of the year there at oh. Goldstream Park?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say that up to the mark. I said, that's when we didn't know what up to the mark was up there to the is, mark. Just yet. <laughs>
3: Yeah, smoking Tea can run. So uh, Boyes, the, the horse that was the Ireland brand with Rosario, that yep. horse was in this weekend with a chance. So that was a oh, really strong race.
0: Very strong. It, it's going to be fascinating. I, I think we're all going to be spreading pretty deep in this race, I would imagine, in this turf sprint. It, it's very difficult. But we have a lot of people chatting. We didn't mention one, a horse we have talked about on the show, Tom Espinoza. Any thoughts on Beer Can Man? Very tough post here, Caleb. He's talented. I don't know if he's quite as good as he used to be.
3: You know, I was really against him in the comeback race, and he ran fifth as the favorite. And unfortunately, I was really against him again at Preakness Week. And then he won that race, and I was trying to give him some more respect. But Diamato reminds me a little bit of, like, when Chad Brown was coming up. You know, they're teaching horses to make moves from off the pace on the turf. So when horses get a little too close to the pace, like, Beerman can, if he had it his way, would sit, like, a length, two lengths off. And that's going to be hard to do, potentially, in this race. I'd rather have a Diamato, like, Motorius that just sits way back. Winds up a big rally and makes it easy. So, Beer Man can. He's been better than I've thought, at least on previous weekend. But I was I was iffy on his chances this weekend.
0: Yeah, I sort of agree with you. I think he's going to take a decent amount of money. And I'm just going to I'm I'm against him. That wide post, I think, is not going to do him a lot of favors. Let's go on to the next race. Race seven is the Thoroughbred Club of America. Let's bring it on the screen right now. There it is. It is for the uh, girls, the older fillies and mares. Six furlongs. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars is the purse. Uh, it's a field of seven. It's not the strongest field I've seen, Caleb, uh, for this race, as it has been in the past. The favorite is the number six, Yaguri, for Brissette and Flavian, who won last time actually coming off the pace a little bit, which was, to me, a nice change of pace and pretty impressive. But I think the big story really in that race was, uh, or of this field, is not necessarily Yaguri- Winning the last race, but what the heck happened to Wicked Halo, Caleb? I mean, she was absolutely awful, and I have no idea why. Let's go with our banners. Maybe you have some intel on Wicked Halo. I haven't read or heard anything on what happened during that race, but Caleb, you are going to go with Yuguri on top.
3: Yeah, I mean, Uguri is one of those Shacklefords that I think is in the category of you know Shackleford, Meister Bellamy Road, Painter. These are sires that all their progeny are just like them. They want to run on the lead. It's kind of what they're built to do. So the fact that Ugiri rated a little bit, I think, is going to be a plus if the six can sit off the two, cross out the two races there on the turf and the synthetic. A little worrisome that Ugiri ran so bad at Keeneland earlier this year, but that was a classic case of being between a rock and a hard spot. You're chasing society, who's a tearaway horse with like 100 plus capability. And then you've got Goodnight Olive, who hasn't lost a race in like a year. On your outside so i'm willing to give a pass to you Geary, and i just think that i'm not running to the windows to bet these churchill wheelbacks but i couldn't find a better alternative i think the three is coming along pretty nicely but from a class perspective is the three ready to run by these foes? i thought the three could run a nice race but i wasn't quite buying the win in and uh, you know wicked halo as bad as that last race was she still got that super long street she hadn't missed the trifecta in two years one thing i will say about wicked halo when the horse was getting really good last fall, kept on running into these big, fast paces that she was barreling into. And when Wicked Halo's got just like an average pace, she hasn't had that same kick.
0: Have you, did you hear, I didn't, I'm try, I am read some articles I was trying to find. I haven't heard anything, any real excuses for that last race. And you know, these girls can go one way or another very quickly. She's only four. So to suggest that she wants to be a mama or that she's starting to, you know, tail off, I don't think that's really fair. Plus. Uh, Asperson's bringing her back quickly, which you would think exudes confidence. But Caleb, that race was so bad with no excuses. I'm I'm going to try to beat her. I might be wrong. I'm going to use her. But I, I don't know. That was just too bad to believe.
3: I, I'd be so impressed if she could bounce right back for the win. And if you're going to be so impressed and the horse is trying to pay, you know, like $7.80, not necessarily the best proposition. The, yeah, only, I don't thing think, you, the only thing you, you look at be, is that... I think
0: she might be favorite actually, Pete and Caleb. I know it doesn't say on the morning line. I I, I got a feeling she's going to be favored. I could be wrong,
1: though. I mean, I think it'll be pretty close. The one thing you look at is that was by far the slowest pace she's faced. So like Caleb sort of talked about... She she's good even when the pace doesn't have to heat up, but they were crawling in that one, as you can see by those by by those time form fractions there. So maybe that's just what it was. And maybe she was just a little farther back than she should have been. And for some reason, the kick just wasn't there that day. And I don't know if there's going to be a much hotter pace. Go and keep talking.
0: Sorry to interrupt you. You're you're going with uh, uh, with Wicked Halo as is Paul.
1: Yeah, and it's mostly that. I'm just hoping for a little bit more pace and then the bounce back. I just didn't love the race that much. I mean, I, I thought it was between – I thought the one and the six were pretty logical again. Uh, Rodolph Brissett, he's over 11 in graded stakes turf sprints. This horse wins races but always wins – at sort of the the listed stakes level so again moving those horses up into graded stakes but then you look at this field and go eh, it's not exactly a you know high quality graded stakes field either yeah. so I, I don't know I mean I think Uyuri just based on just based on pace and positioning maybe just has the advantage but I'm gonna hope that it heats up a little bit and then Wicked Halo can get back to that form that I mean like Caleb said she's what is she? 15 out of 16 in the top three lifetime. She yeah. always runs a race. Even when she ran terrible, she still ran. She still ran third and, and, and got whooped. But she still I think she recaptures those races before that. I think she can beat this field.
0: Paul, obviously you agreed. You want to touch on last leaf at all, Paul? I'll just leave it up to you on what you'd like to talk about in this race.
2: Um, yeah, well, to Caleb's point, I mean, last leaf is more of a board pick for me. You know, she, she's always there. Um, You know, and I think Caleb pointed out she, at least recently uh, this year, she does not complete the draw. But seven wins out of 24 is nothing to sneeze at. That means she was seven out of 15 at one one point. So she's formidable. I'm just going to, you know, Wicked Halo in 16 lifetime starts has never run, put two real bad ones together in a row. Uh, And If she were six or even five, I might, you know, be less willing to throw that out. But, you know, as a four-year-old who still has only raced five times this year, you know, one thing about Steve, he'll run him. Uh, uh, She ran eight times last year, so she's only run five. Uh, I'm betting on a bounce back, although, again, good point by our guest expert, Caleb, you know, as the favorite. Uh, that's a big ask. I'm I'm more looking at it from a horizontal point of view that she'll right. be an A on my ticket.
0: Yeah, I'm I mean you have to use Wicked Halo and Yaguri, Guys, I'm going with a little bit of a fuzzy here. And I don't I almost picked Last Leaf and then I watched her replay at Alice Tubac. Boy, she got a dream, dream trip, guys, and really and couldn't. It really wasn't close between her and Wicked Halo. So my thought with Last Leaf is even if she runs well, if others run what they can run, she's not going to win. So I, I looked at Last Leaf closely. Guys, I'm going to go with Static Fire. And and this might be just a, a horrible pick. But you know what, uh, Caleb, this is a, a, a young four-year-old filly making her second start off the layoff for Brian Lynch, who I have a lot of respect for. And you could say, well, maybe she's better on turf. I don't know. She's had two dirt races and she's won both of them including one at keeneland is she going to have to step up here maybe is she going to have to rate a little bit because there is a decent amount of speed maybe but you know what i think i'm getting better than 7 to 2 in this race with with the 1 and 6 in there and i see no reason why she can't take a step forward caleb she's working well i don't know i'm taking a shot with stack fire i think i think she's interesting And when
3: that horse won at Churchill in the first dirt start, I mean, they were gliding around there. It was like 109 and three, and they weren't really even trying. Le Peru, confident ride, uh, was, you know, sitting back in the recliner. So, I mean, the four's got a lot of talent. And, wow, Christian Torres. I mean, obviously, he made a big name at Oaklawn, and then, you know, he was uh, right there close to the top of the standings at Churchill. So, I mean, this is like the star of stars, jockey colony. But Torres is a guy that can make some noise with your Rosarios and IRADs of the world.
0: Uh, he's very good. He, he just took a picture with Tyler G. I saw on Twitter uh, what, a few days ago and he's an up and coming guy. It just feels like the kind of race, Caleb, where on the win end, now horizontally it's a different situation, but on the win end, like I just have no desire to take wicked Halo Yaguri at like nine to five. I just I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take a shot. And I'm I think unfortunately for me or other people, I hate to spread in a six horse field, Caleb. But I just, I can't trust anyone in here. And so I, I guess I'm going to have to go like three deep, which I don't really recommend to people. I don't know if you feel the same way, Caleb, or do you think you should just single Wicked Halo and Yaguri for a horizontal player and just take a chance?
3: I'm definitely finding other places to stake my flag. And I, I like a horse like yeah. Last Leaf, I wouldn't disagree that the horse got a dream run up the inside of Ellis. But if you're yeah. going to bet Last Leaf or Static Fire, you're kind of betting on the favorites to regress, which I think could be a possibility uh, in this lineup. So, you know, if you're, if you're taking one outside of the one or six you're kind of just hoping that you know maybe wicked halo something's gone awry or maybe ugiri is going to bounce or, and doesn't like keeneland so there is a case to be made that you're betting the favorites to regress to find other prices
0: for sure we have a lot of people by the way listening and watching we really thank you please smash that like button below the video player um and also hit the notification bell because we're going to have a huge amount of content for the breeders cup coming up as of course FanDuel. duel will as well. FanDuel is just a fantastic place for Breeders' Cup Intel. I know you guys are going to cover Breeders' Cup like a glove. Are you going to be out there, by the way, this year, Caleb, or no?
3: I'm going to be uh, at Churchill, actually, the first week of the Breeders' Cup. They got that awesome works team, and I don't know if you all saw, but the Breeders' Cup Classic, y'all ready for this? It's going to be the third to last race. I mean, yeah. um, there's always that, I guess if you hit it, it's not sadness. But got a little bit of that sadness after the class, like, what do I do now with my life? But we are going to have uh, the Turf Sprint and the Breeders' Cup Sprint on FanDuel TV after the Classic, and they positioned it around uh, the football game, so be yeah. a little bit of a new look this year.
0: Oh, uh, We know, and yet you guys exclusively are going to have the last two races of the Breeders' Cup on FanDuel, and yours truly and Paul down there, who won the Grade 1 Gamble, by the way, in the spring, Caleb. I don't know if you're aware of that, but he won the Grade 1 Gamble at Keeneland in the spring. We will both be in San Anita competing in the BCBC the Breeders' Cup betting challenge, so yeah, we are well aware way, that I, the Classic is not the last race this year. <laughs>
3: i met paul like the day before all this happened and then i find out on sunday that he won like five million dollars in the contest <laughs> the whole idea of you never know when you're walking around ready to get rich i mean paul my man that was unreal
2: yeah well, we were talking quite a while it was either thursday or friday caleb Well, you were sitting on a bench and uh yeah i well trust me caleb i didn't i i was <laughs> i was as unaware as you were
0: <laughs> yeah that's a great story let's go to race eight guys the first lady and there's an absolute superstar superstar in this race but she got upset last time to a horse that's in this race also seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the purse of the first lady it's a grade one it's a small field of eight a more line favorite is the wonderkin the uh wonderful uh horse from chad brown who's got three in this race in italian for uh rosario is going to be riding she's a five-year-old mare now Four to five more in line. White beam who beat her last time is three to one. As you see our picks, guys, this doesn't happen too often on this page. Not only do we all have uh in Italy, but look, guys, we all have one two. I guess it's sort of the the motto, the obvious ones here, but it's hard to go against an Italian white beam, Caleb. This is gonna be one hell of a matchup once again.
3: And let's see here, Chad has won five of these in a row, about to be six.
0: <laughs> yeah and
3: somebody brought up a good point that been a horse that has really solidified themselves as the horse of the year so far. I think Cody's wish is, is right now, especially after that recent win, would be, you know, the leader. But before that last win, you know, he was coming off of a distant third. And, you know, like Mage has been well defeated and Forte just got defeated. And yeah. uh, even, you know, Brendan Walsh's uh, Oaks Philly just, you know, there hasn't been a lot of horses that have like risen to the top. If an Italian doesn't get beaten to Diana, at least as of today, you know, she would have been in the horse of the year conversation. And I think, okay, they would, they'd like to have that ride back, 23.97. Like, what do you do when you're out there on an island with a one-to-five shot? But I think that uh, when you go to Rosario, I, this is what I love about Rosario, and some people, it could, it could drive him crazy. Rosario is like that batter that decides whether he's going to swing before the pitch is thrown. <laughs> and in his mind, if you could make the instructions very simple, go to the lead or go to dead last, that's when he thrives. So Rosario to step on the pedal, I think this one uh, is a superstar mare that's not going to slow down.
0: Now, it says firm, Caleb, in the July 15th race. But as all of us know, who remember watching the race, there was some moisture. That was not a firm turf course. And even Chad Brown said that he before the race, I think it rained the night before the day before, and he said he was a little bit concerned about the turf on that July 15th race, plus it was a mile and eighth. Uh, we just got a little info from Noah Maher in Lexington, said they got a little rain. It's not going to rain at all Saturday, um, or uh, and it's supposed to clear out, by, like, early, you know, tomorrow morning on Friday. So I'm assuming Saturday of race, it's going to be firm. I don't think it's going to be, like, lightning quick. But I'm guessing the turf on Saturday will be just fine for an Italian.
3: And, and you know, White Beam, obviously. The I mean, White Beam got a tiny bit rank in that race. Things sort kind of fell well for White Beam because I think in the beginning stages of the Diana, she was getting ranked. But yeah. then they grabbed a hold, and then they grabbed a hold in an Italian. And then before you know it, it's like, all right, well, I'm sitting here third, length and a half off. A fev rover is a real beast like the race that fev rover was coming into that off of at woodbine horse got like stopped in the stretch fev rover and cruised past moira but right here for those that are watching on youtube you know they come out of the gate and an italian does what she does which is break super sharp but if you watch white beam there's just a tiny little bit of rankness where they have to grab a hold this would have been a problem in, in a bigger race in a bigger field but right there he's holding up and now that's not, that's never what you want getting ranked. But in this scenario, sitting right off and they're kind of holding up the two pace setters. it really didn't work against her.
0: Yeah. And I mean, she, she won like legitimate. This was not like a fluke by any means you see, you know, in Italian it has every right to just hold on here, but white beam was really good. And I've been a fan of her for quite a while, Kayla, because I remember betting her in Maryland and other places and actually singled her on, I think she was on the preak, under card, if I recall. And I singled her. Uh, that day and she goes by but you can just tell if you look really carefully this surf was not firm. It had a little bit of, of cut in it and you know the Chads are not going to like battle each other on the lead. I, I Can anyone push an Italian this race early uh, in your opinion, Caleb?
3: Doesn't seem like it. I mean the 6 is coming off a 25 second uh, flat race. One more thing about um, the 2 here in White Beam. I know the horse has gotten better since they debuted in America at Aqueduct but when the 2 debuted in Aqueduct closed into a slow pace versus EV jets. Isn't that exactly what the four and the five just did Closed into a slow pace versus EV's jet and just got beat. So, I mean, white beam kind of had the profile of the four and five before that win.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess the six is going to, you know, show some speed, but I mean, the six is completely outclassed. We're just going to be real quick about this race the rest of the way here, Paul, any, any thoughts, anything else you'd like to mention about this race on Saturday? yeah
2: I think I've solved the puzzle of what you do with the multiple Chad Browns. and when one of them needs the graded win more than the others, they win. Whitebeam needed a grade one win last time and got it. Uh, that what scenario are you to say, doesn't Paul? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just reading the form. That's all I'm doing. Okay. Uh, Whitebeam White, White needed a, you know, <laughs> they all want that grade one win on the page, whether it's a future stallion or a future mayor. Oh, um sure. I'll be honest with you, and he very could be winning the eclipse again. That was a terrible ride by IRED. He let that feel especially going a mile and an eighth. That's when you really wanna open up and make other horses. There's no way I don't think that anyone has enough to catch him if he's if they've had a you know, if he if she opens up like she's supposed to and they gotta come from four back. Um I think White Beam's a fine horse. I, I got her second like the rest of you. But I, especially going a mile, if Rosario does what he should do, uh, Caleb was right on target about one thing. He will drive you crazy. I agree with that, Caleb. He will drive you crazy. He's the, the most talented drive-you-crazy jockey there is. Um, my beef is kind of what Caleb touched on. You know, I think I think sometimes he has an idea going into the race that he's going to do it his way. And even if the race shape does not fall into – his way, he still does it his way. In any event, he's supposed to go and open up three or four in this race and
1: never look
0: back. I think, Pete, we're looking at a, what a two-dollar exact that pays five eighty here. <laughs>
1: yeah oh yeah for sure i mean and i mean i don't think yeah i mean i i I agree with cable but i think a couple of these other ones could could maybe step up and even get second behind but i you know i love an italian as you could see in my little my little note there with the italian flag that you know i'm always i'm always riding in italian so but i i agree i actually like i like rosario better on a speed horse than i rad anyway so i actually kind of like that jockey switch and I don't think he'll fool around with this one. He fools around with the ones that are a little coming off the pace. and Then you want to choke him. But when he has a good speed horse, he can get on the top and just take him away. And, and I think he'll open her up like we want her to do. I had had one funny stat on white beam. Chad Brown, who's won this race a thousand times and is great on everything. Brown and Pratt combo two for 18 going a mile in grade one races on the turf. That one just, it was random when it popped up and I was like, that's kind of funny. Cause you always think of that combo is, sort of winning everything when they get together. So, but yeah, all in Italian all day.
0: The last thing I'll just throw out to everyone who likes to play trifecta is I would definitely try to beat the number four Jumbly. I know she's a Euro and people get caught up with these Euros, Caleb. She's already running the state. She couldn't go by every Jets. Jumbly would be a complete play against for me underneath. And it's worth mentioning because you know a lot of people are going to play the 3-2-X trifecta, right? And it's hard to get any value Anyway, But if you're going to play Jumbly, who I personally would try to beat in third, I'd rather go with like a New Year's Eve or maybe you think Gemp's Mission can run a big race or Gio Romantica. I mean, I I, I see no problem with playing like a straight $20 try for someone and trying to get, you know, six to one on that kind of bet.
3: You know, Gina Romantica, you had that big win last year. Obviously, that wasn't the strongest QE2. McHulick's got a little bit better since then, but she was kind of a money burner at that point. And buyer wise, that Beverly D wasn't horrible. Uh, you know, with the 92 buyer, but you know, Gaffelion from the inside, Chad, you know, I can definitely see him going one, two, three in this race. But I was curious where if Pete works off of the formulator or, or race lens, because you always got these great stats. And what I like <laughs> about him is I feel like you're going for like negative stats. People try to paint the picture with positive stats. I want to hear some negative stats on some horses.
1: He's well, just I like a very to,
0: negative guy. In general,
1: I like the right? no, like poo-poo anytime Howard has a horse that he really like likes. So I like to sort of yeah. poo-poo on him. No, but it's more, it's funny because you'll look at it and go, I try and find something that's an outlier and there's a lot more negative outliers than positive outliers, which is, I mean, I guess that makes sense because especially when you're like, when you start getting down to like graded stakes, not everyone's that good in them, but yeah, you see some and you're like, Holy crap, I can't believe that scenario. That trainer is over in this, in this situation. So yeah, you just come up with them. I don't always follow them and they always, they always go the other way when I bet them and they always, uh, they come through when I don't bet them. So who the hell knows anyway?
0: Hey, Caleb, let's look in the chat. And by the way, we have a lot of people watching. Please not only comment your opinions in the chat, but ask questions for the great Caleb Keller down below. I'm sure he'll be happy to uh, answer them. So ask some questions for Caleb. Let's take a look at the chat real quick. Trish Smith, who is a big fan from Lexington, Kentucky. She actually lives in Lexington. Uh, Caleb says, just single in Italian and and move on. Uh, Sing says, don't sleep on heavy jets. I've got a ton of respect for this source because, this horse has put me in a locker, stuffed me in a locker a bunch of times this year, but I just, I don't see it on Saturday. Simon O'Neill, who's from the UK, actually, Caleb, uh, watching live in Europe, said a lot of fancy horses from Europe won't run in the Breeders' Cup mile. You can get 20-1 to 1 for in Italian. I don't know. Chad has said this week he's not sure if in Italian would go to the mile or maybe try to stretch out like Day at the Spa or other horses and try to stretch out if you, you know, if you owned an Italian, let's say she wins this race, Caleb, where would you go? I'd almost be tempted to run her in the Philly merits, and just try to wire that field, personally.
3: I think mile 100% here on this one. Because, okay. you know, like Casa Creed keeps on stretching a mile, but that's like at Saratoga. There's Annapolis, let's see if he can get back on track. But there's not a lot of scary American milers. And the The way that the American Philly and turf set up is very uh, disadvantageous to the American Phillies because if you're going that long, let's see, it was a mile and three 16th, They don't write Grade One races like so. It's always um like significant forms trying to reach out and grab more distance or In Italia is trying to grab more distance. The Euros have got them over a barrel when they go at the Philly and Turf distance.
0: Yeah. I, I think a lot of it's going to depend on who's entered. I've heard mixed reviews about who's coming over from Europe. Some of their best ones, are uh, Phillies, are maybe not coming over for the Philly and Mare turf. We'll, we'll just have to see. Quick question from Richard Avalar, and then we're going to move on, guys. This is for you, Caleb, obviously. Um, how old was Caleb when he started TVG, and who is your favorite horse? Let's see here. I
3: was 22 or three, and wow. I'm going to say my favorite horse would be Groupie Doll. And it kind of tied into uh, when I first... Uh, started there. So, you know, I was a little bit in with the clockers. Uh, Shout out to John Nichols, who doesn't really share his information, but one way or another, I was kind of finding out some things. But, uh, you know, I heard that Buff Bradley really had like a really strong runner and her first start on the turf, she ran eighth. But I remember she came back on one of the first original Friday nights and she won with like Greta Kunzweiler at 13 to one, one big. And by the time she got to Keeneland, uh, you know, as the intern, that's the horse I gave everybody in like the production meeting. And she actually lost that race, but she was like, 10 wide and like got beat a nose and you know everybody's like wow this guy might have a little bit of the inside here so and groupie doll actually buff bradley invited me out to see her uh in between her breeders cup she was turned out of frankfurt and i drove back you know the old gravel driveway in frankfurt kentucky and she was hanging out with brass hat and and buff asked me if i wanted to get up I'm like what are you kidding me no <laughs> but uh, i kind of regret that but um buff bradley how cool of a guy he was and one last thing about groupie doll she won the Madison one year. And I'll tell you right now, in all the years, you know, whatever, a decade of watching horses, I have never seen a horse blow that hard after a race. So, I mean, she literally gave you everything every time.
0: That's awesome. And someone yeah. in the chat also just mentioned we should, we we sort of overlooked this. I read is staying in New York to ride some of the new runners uh, to, to prep for the Breeders' Cup or try to qualify for the winning Fierceness. There, so. He's staying
2: for fierceness.
0: Yeah. Uh, most likely i would say that's definitely one of them for sure uh so anyway no irad this weekend at keelan all right guys let's move on uh we've got a big race here coming up right now on the screen this is for the boys it's for the baby boys mile and the 16th uh this is the claiborne breeders for charity grade one this is a win in your end. there are two winning your ins ladies and gentlemen for the breeders cup this saturday at keeneland this is one of them a mile and a 16th it is a short uh, run. the stretch is the short stretch finish everyone so please pay attention to that i'm sure caleb has some insight on that situation it's of course for the two-year-olds field of nine big favorite on the outside is the number nine locked who i was absolutely blown away with last time super impressive to me there we see on the bottom of the screen only two of us are going with locked caleb's gonna go with the coach wow for the upset Dwayne lucas just steal your man, Rosario, you're getting 12-1, to 1, Caleb. Tell us why the coach is going to upset up the field on Saturday.
3: Well, you know, I got a, I got a tip on Just Steel first time out of Ellis Park. And I'm like, man, I don't want to bet a Lucas first time out, but of course I bet. Um, and the horse was off a little slow, and obviously didn't do much running. And, and was kind of out of mind and out of sight. And then I see this horse surfaces back, and I just think that this is like a tearaway speed horse, half-million-dollar horse, that has their mind on one thing, and that's getting the lead. And this horse reminds me a little bit of Take Charge Brandy. Mm -hmm. Take Charge Brandy was up on, like, an insanely fast pace of Keeneland, tired badly, and then came back and went to the lead and wired the field at bomb odds. And when I look at Just Steel, okay, who are the other speed horses in the race? Well, the eight was on the lead, but they were going 24. Okay, and my pace numbers are saying that Timberlake's out, but Timberlake is not good at the gate. Like, he's a big horse that's off a little slow. So back to Rosario, he's got nothing to lose here on a talented horse eighty eight by or two back. They've already defeated the favorite. And I just see the seven going on a giant send here and maybe getting, you know, way loose for a horse that people are going to underestimate.
0: Is Timberlake running at Keelan for sure, Caleb? Because he's cross in New York. Do you have any intel on that?
3: Um I I, I believe they're going to Keelan, but I'm not I can't tell you for sure.
0: because okay, he we had our Ben and Boozan show last night with the aforementioned Noah Maher. They covered the champagne. He's actually entered in the champagne also so that's that can make a big difference. We'll see. Uh, you talked about where's the speed. I mean, is awesome road not sending? Uh, but, you know, Cox has two in here, so I'm assuming that's why I think Timberlake actually or Timberlake might actually be New York, Caleb, because mm, yeah, he's got another one sense. here in awesome road. I don't know, but that's just logical. I mean, isn't awesome road going to lead, or you think this one will sit? Uh,
3: I think that to me, I think that Brad and even Pratt like kind of prefer to be stalking, which is hard to do when you're more towards the inside but yeah click on that race howard because yeah. like four like four days out i heard hey diamato's got a got a monster in here and that'd be stronghold and then when i talked to my guy ronnie before the race I said, hey well brad cox is a monster so like the top two were like super touted days in advance and then yeah. the fourth place finisher came back to dust off a of maiden 50 or 150 i guess 150 yeah at, at churchill so when you get when you get touted horses and a strung yeah. out maiden like that has the right to be the best race of the summer at Ellis for the maidens.
0: Yeah. I mean, awesome road was two and three quarters clear of stronghold who was 10 clear of the third place horse. So that was a very fast and very impressive race. I I'll tell you what, I, I never, we talk about poo pooing on the show, Pete, I never poo poo long shots and just steel is definitely going to be that. And if Timberlake is in New York, Caleb, I would definitely be a lot more interested in just steel, just my opinion. Um, But look, justify interesting actually um european breeding on uh, actually australian breeding excuse me on the dam side and fastest rock is more turfy so very interesting breeding uh for this horse this horse might take to the turf at some point caleb too
3: yeah i could see it and uh, i'm interested to see with locked i mean i see that uh you know when you look at at locked this is a horse that 96 buyer like we haven't really seen too many 96s coming into this race and and one last thing i wanted to mention was this race specifically as we watched you know lock just looked awesome here the gun runners you can't play them enough like every race every discipline every surface especially the slop i've got a, a theory on gun runners on the slot but okay listen to this race guys in the late 2000s and, and into the synthetic era you had horses like wicked style dawn of war joe Like, who are these horses like and ever since they went back to dirt and carpe diem won this futurity now you've had forte a central quality Maxfield, Nick's go. So no race has puffed up their credentials as locked is running off the screen here. No race has puffed up their credentials after they went back to the dirt than this futurity.
0: And I Caleb, I know you know horse flesh very well. I love the way this horse is striding out. He's got a little bit of a higher knee action, but boy, I mean he's not slowing down here at all. He gallops out hard through the wire. looks like you know he could wouldn't blow out a candle. I mean, my only concern with this horse is being wide or getting caught up in a pace duel. And I think either one of those are possible, but it looks like he can sit off and rate. And I got to tell you, here's my hope, Caleb, with Locke and Pete and Paul. I got to be honest. I'll just say it now a month out. I hope Locke gets a tough trip one way or another mm. and loses this race. And I get him, Caleb. You know where I'm going with this. I, I, get, him about going. Five, I get him about five to one in the Breeders' Cup against... Uh the the uh, princess, of, uh, prince of Monaco. Excuse me, on the west coast and locks upsets, upsets the field. That's personally, I'm almost hoping he doesn't win Saturday. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Caleb. You've you've felt that way before. I'm sure about some horses, uh, and
3: definitely. And these gun runners, from talking to the trainers, every thoroughbred is competitive. Like it's part of the spirit and the reason we love them. But the gun runners, like I remember Tyler gaffleon on saying last fall, talking about Goodnight. He said this horse would run through a wall for you. Yeah, and, and like the gun runners have like a different edge about them in terms of their competitive nature
0: for sure. Um, Pete, let's go to you. You have, sorry, we got to wait. I forgot. Yeah. You've got locked on top and you've got the six and second. We got to talk about the six a little bit, Pete, because I'm very interested in the six, at least underneath, but I'll let you talk for a few minutes about this rate race and we'll let Paul finish it out. And then we'll go to the last race.
1: Yeah, by the way, Caleb, you like the negative stats. if you want to beat Locked, here's a it's not the hugest sample size, but Pletcher, one for 13 with uh maiden winners last out, jumping up to grade one races. So there you go. If you want to beat a horse that's probably there gonna be go. three to five or something, you can you can lean on that one for your for your just steel play. Yeah, Locked is great. I love, you know me, I love a horse that could come off the pace, and I, I don't think they're I don't think they'd be dumb enough, hopefully, to get into any sort of speed duel with this one just because the closing kick is so good. I hope this horse just runs well, just because you like seeing a great horse run well, sure. especially going into the Breeders' Cup. Um, you know they're going to bet Baffert and Santa Anita if, if Prince of Monaco looks good this is that this weekend. I think he's going. No, right. he's
0: not running. The rest. Oh, of he's not up, running. Up, oh, that's, that's right. Up, you know, I don't listen. I'm not going to question Bob. Baffert you No, know, that's right. That's what out, I read. That. Yeah. Both of the both of the favorites are being rested up, and Caleb. That's for another conversation. But I personally don't like that. But okay, anyway. Uh, talk about the generous temper a bit, Pete. I've got this horse in third. I think uh, he's very interesting.
1: Yeah, I like the horse. and and you know the the added distance. So it looks like I mean this is a this is a Paul special here. We're at a you know the the kind of a curling dam and street yeah. sense on the top. This horse just looks like the distance will get better. Two back was just closing. I mean, the kick two back lost to West Saratoga, who I don't love that horse. And this one had that miserable race on the turf. Then comes back, runs well, was closing, was closing really well. And and for you, Howard, had the super strong gallop out in that race two back, which isn't necessarily my thing. But just as much as he was closing, I wanted to watch it just to see if he if he kept it going. And and you see by the breeding, it's most likely going to be. And then he just gets a much better trip i'm not sure he beat much in that last one but again like we always say on here if you're not going to beat a great field crush him and and don't make any trouble with it and he did that and he looked fantastic and you know mcpeak won this what what was that 2021 with rattle and roll just rolling off the pace so i I like this horse and if you can get this price again this is one of those where if lock doesn't win i mean i love awesome road too that horse looks really strong But if Locke doesn't win, I think you can go a bunch of different places. And I know Paul is going to go with a different one with the wine steward. So we can let him talk about that one. But I think this is one where if you knock the favorite out, I think you can look for a nice price.
0: I'm hoping Hernandez comes off the pace. And I have a feeling they will. uh, Yeah, I think
1: they will. I think the last one was speed because you were just better than the field. So you get on the top.
0: If he he rates them and there's fast pace, I, I think he's going to come flying late and be very interesting in the lane there, although it is a short stretch. Uh, Paul, the wine steward, you're going uh, with a very interesting horse here, a uh, New York bred, so of course he's going with the wine steward. Uh, we'll save ground from the inside, and certainly has some very nice breeding of Vino Rosso out of an honor and serve mare.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I thought that last race was very good, and uh, based on watching him uh, i actually saw it live um i, I just think the, the extra distance is going to be right up his alley obviously the breeding says that as well so uh yeah i, I think you know again locked could be a freak i i think how are you gonna get what you want I, I think i think locked is eminently beatable in this race so wow. i think you're gonna get what you want
0: uh, wow, and not only so, beatable but eminently beautiful. Here's yes, well,
2: especially relative to the price. Uh, you know, again, we're, we're in this for value, and I'm uh, not going to chuck out all night. I think relative to the price and the trip, and based on how he ran and, and Louie back on him, because uh, Louis was injured, why he wasn't on him last time. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, do, I do think Timberlake's formidable. It will be interesting to see where he goes it wouldn't be surprising uh for brad to to split them up but yeah I, I am going to be uh i'm going to be uh traveling with uh the new york bread here
0: okay yeah i think timberlake is interesting if he's in we don't uh really know you see my picks on the bottom of the screen guys i don't have anything else to add it's it's a great race and i rallied and roll was a a big pick for mine early in the power picks guys when we first started the power picks I was only about three, four months into our power picks tip sheet and tipped out um and roll. And I was there in person when he literally did that on the outside, Caleb, in the short stretch and won it seven to one for McPeak. That short stretch, though, does make a big difference, Caleb.
3: A little surprised that awesome road didn't like get brought up at all in the conversation. And for those of y'all that like Block, you guys might get a better price than you think because they're gonna send in on this Brad Cox source.
0: I think so. I think so. He's going to be bet a lot. You know, I I like this horse a lot. Six hundred thousand dollar quality road. I have an AP Indy uh, mare. I mean, this horse. I I read some ridiculous comment. I don't want to say where or how, but someone said, "Oh, maybe distance might be a problem." Like, how and why does anyone think distance is going to be a problem for Austin Road? Now, maybe you know he's too young and this is too much too soon, Caleb. But distance should not be a problem for this horse. This this could be a future Derby horse, I and mean, we don't know.
3: Yeah, and taking a look back here, it looks like the damn orate I had as a full sister to pulpit. So, you know, rich bloodlines. I will say this, a little yeah. note on Awesome Road. He's got a horse in the last named Nash, the number one.
0: Yes. And uh,
3: KentuckyBread.org <laughs> has got the workout uh, videos going, and I watched that. Uh, Nash was like outworking Awesome Road, like pretty convincingly uh, when they worked together as a team. So I, I still, that maybe chips off Awesome Road a little bit and obviously moves up the railrunner in that last maiden, but I've seen Awesome Road get outworked by a first-time starter.
0: Uh, Caleb, I watched that, uh, and kudos to for uh, two kudos to Kentucky, excuse me, for having those works on. I watched that work. And I was like, wait a minute, that's Awesome Road next to Nash. The Nash is, I mean, that Nash is the rail horse, by the way, everyone. In the last race uh, for Godolphin, there at keeneland but he's he's got some real runners to face in, in that last race all right guys speaking of last races, let's get to it and by the way the bears are up seven nothing just anyone cares Ooh. which is crazy to me maybe they're gonna do it for the buck his family tonight who knows but we'll see long way to go Bears had a little bit of trouble closing things out last week Caleb, if you're an nfl fan you know that uh anyway let's go on to the last race guys i'm gonna go ahead and bring up right now there's our picks on the bottom of the screen and Caleb is getting a little bit creative, and boy, I looked at Annapolis so hard, Caleb. I can't even begin to tell you why. I will explain why. Caleb is going with Annapolis. Let's go ahead and bring up the field here of the Coolmore Turf Mile Stakes. This is a Grade one. This is the other win, and you're in $1 million. It's always one of the best races of the year at Keeneland. It's a field of nine. Moreline favorite is the number one master of the seas who just won the woodbine mile and did it very convincingly for Charles Appleby and James Doyle in to ride. You're going with Annapolis, Pletcher and Pratt tell everyone why Annapolis is going to upset this field on Saturday.
3: I just think it could be a perfect triple alert. I just looked at the nine as sitting behind stitched in a tone, which this is one of the slowest paces I've ever seen in this race. First of all, you know, field size we've had like 12 and I think even like 14 in here before, so this is a mundane pace. I even was trying to think like could could stitch or a tone like go the whole way. I mean, I wouldn't totally put it out, but Annapolis—that's the first time he's ever had trouble in a race, and he checked there at the top of the stretch. Sometimes yeah. he's had trouble at the gate, but guys, look how they bet this horse throughout his career. I mean, they've really <laughs> bet this horse so strongly, and sitting there in third with Pratt, this is an angle I really like. the pletcher on the turf, like he's always had a really strong ROI because you know everybody wants to play him more on the dirt and you know he's going to get a big jump on you know the Applebee and up to the mark and set piece so I just think the nine's the only horse that's won on the Keenan turf and won this big race last year so I think he's still in good form and I think he could get a perfect trip sitting right in behind the speed
0: Caleb and Pete and Paul know one of my famous picks of the year and it wasn't a good one I was right and wrong I hated despise Annapolis in the Kentucky downs race. Cause he was coming back quickly. It was Kentucky downs. I, I thought he'd be over bet. Cause the Casa creed finishes, I could go on and on. I was completely against Annapolis. Unfortunately <laughs> I picked Churchtown who got a, what was it? A two buyer, Pete? I think he got that day. Something happened. Yeah, to Churchtown. Your
1: Just a little higher than your normal zero that you liked. Then you like yeah, something roof. happened to yeah. Churchtown Caleb.
0: Yep. I don't know what happened, but he was like second choice in that race. I loved him. Didn't fire. I am very interested in Annapolis here. Loves Keeneland. I think he'll sit a great trip. And the main thing here for me, and I'll let Paul and Pete talk more, Caleb, is even though I have Master of the Seas on top, I thought they were going to give him a break and let him wait to the Breeders' Cup. I'm a little surprised they're running here. I'm not saying he's not going to run well. I just find that a little bit odd, and I don't think the Woodbine-Mile field was that good. I think this field is appreciably better than what he faced in Toronto. Pete and Paul, uh, either one of you, touch on Master of the Seas. Go
1: ahead,
2: Paul. I think. Yeah, I have written in my pps here. It, I think it has prep race written all over it. I think they, they I don't think because of the layoff, I, I don't think Todd wanted to go right, right in the Breeders' Cup without knowing. Uh, this race will, I think, inform his decision on uh whether they go and in what race. Uh, I think he needs to see something. Uh, this being a mile, uh, is again. Probably not his ideal distance, but good for a comeback race where we, we've seen him be effective at a mile and an eighth and a mile and a quarter, very effective earlier this year. So
0: you're talking about, I off to the think, no, I don't want to interrupt. I, I asked you, you yes. were talking about master of the season. You went to uh, up to the mark. That's oh, okay. That's all right. People understood what I was, you're talking about. I was
2: being so cogent, too.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yes, to, I masters, I, like, I think, master.
2: I. I I think the value in this race is beating up to the mark I uh, underneath. I think master of the seas is a stone cold lock.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, so we're not getting two to one then, Paul?
2: Well, I mean, up to the mark is going to take money. I mean, you know, this this was widely considered, when you know, as of June considered the best American male turf horse.
0: Right. By far.
2: So even by far. So and, you know, he has a loss. He just got hurt. So I, I think he's going to take money. So that that might you know, I don't know if you're going to get two to one on Master of the Seas, but certainly you're going to get more than you would if up to the mark didn't show up here.
0: Caleb, what do you do with Master of the Seas? I mean, he was meant to go in the Arlington Million. Uh, Todd said he had a hiccup, which in horse racing means more than a hiccup to me, at least. Uh, extremely talented. I might not even use him at all in the pick five. I mean, if he wins this race off the layoff, either he's either if he wins this race, I would say two things. He has a chance to win either breeder's cup mile or the turf classic and, or Annapolis and master of the sea, just don't fire. I guess all that's possible
3: for up to the mark. That was like a freaky race in an allowance in January. You don't see horses come from the back of the pack to not only win, but to win by four. Like that, that's a really crazy line. And then we mentioned that the next allowance was obviously the best uh, allowance of one of them of the year. Little concerned that, you know, his worst race was at the short distance at Keeneland. That Ches-Pierre race was kind of a weird, obviously, horse got loose. But one last thing I hear on the one, guys, the the North American uh, assault for Appleby has already begun there at Woodbine. But Appleby had five different races he was represented in the last Breeders' Cup, and he won three of them. But do you realize he had the fastest closing quarter in all five races that he was in? Silver Knot lost by a nose, but Silver Knot had a slightly faster closing quarter than Victoria Road. And he also had the horse that finished third in the turf sprint, who was absolutely flying. So, in terms of late kick, even Chad Brown and Diamato can't replicate the Applebee late kick.
0: No, I mean, Applebee actually wasn't, he's not been quite as good this year, actually, Caleb in the, in the United States. He wasn't as good in the spring, but I might be gearing up. Uh, right now. Let's see. I'm just looking at the chat guys. We're talking, Pete, you can chime in on this race. You've got uh one, five, two. You're pretty, you've, you've got the other Euro in the mix also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think it's mostly one five, but indestructible is, I mean, you're look at those races coming out of the, I mean, that's coming out of monster races. you Paddington, yeah. Ken Ross. I mean, these are, these are monster horses there. So just based on just from a class alone, you feel like this horse could be, You figure if this one came over and was in another race without up to the mark and master of the seas, this would be a horse that would probably get bet down pretty strong. It's just going against two other monsters. So it maybe is just not going to take the same money. I mean, I I think for up to the mark, I like what Caleb said. I I think the distance is going to be it's a little bit short. It's going to be a little bit short for him, especially off the layoff. That was the only reason why. I think if he was coming in fresh off a race and didn't have any hiccups, I would take up to the mark over Master of the Seas. But I think the shortness, I don't imagine he's going to be super cranked for this one. I, ha- I imagine this is, hey, let's just get him back. Let's just get him on the track. Hopefully he runs well enough to then just go into the Breeders' Cup, wherever I assume the Breeders' Cup turf and, and take the shot there.
0: Caleb, it feels like up to the mark is gonna just take back, make you know, just close like an absolute monster in the final quarter and run a really good second or third and be a major factor in the Breeders' Cup. That's how I see it. But on Saturday specifically, I just I, I don't like him. If he wins that race, I'd be really impressed. Uh Caleb, we it's we've gone a little bit over the time. I apologize for your for you. I know you got a big day tomorrow. Let's get to your pick five and then we'll let you go for the night. So let's go through our pick fives. Caleb's pick five ninety six dollars I be right to write it down. I asked for a hundred dollars or less. He's going two five six eleven with one two three six with three with three six seven nine with one five nine he's going three deep in the last race ninety six dollars Caleb for all the horizontal players out there. please uh, describe your uh, theory, your analysis, your strategy on the slate pick five.
3: Well, I mean, I guess we could all look foolish if Whitebeam beats in Italian again, and and who's kidding who? In Italian obviously be like the most singled horse all day, but uh, it just looks like you know a bingo square to me. And if somebody can beat her, then then I'll, I'll take the losing ticket and be very impressed with the horse that did that. Uh, that the TCA, I included the two as well. You know the two's getting better. It looks like Eugiri is better than the two Fire on Time, but there's some regression potential in there. Uh, two five six eleven to start. I thought somebody could really come closing. I did half hardly throw. Beer can man in there. In the futurity, I'm still rocking with the coach. I mean, one day they're going to build a statue for this guy. And if he's got one last grade one upset crescendo, it's going to be yeah. on the front end. I'm looking for the seven on a big swing there three, six, seven, nine. And then in that last race, Master of Seas up to the mark. And also there on the outside, Annapolis.
0: I love the ticket. Uh, we we appreciate your analysis, Caleb. But we'll be pulling for you in Just Steel. I'll, I I'm going to use him defensively just in case, especially if Timberlake is not in the race. Uh, I won't, I won't
1: we, be pulling. I won't be pulling for him, Caleb. Right, no, Pete, no, no, I'm Pete, not going to be pulling because I don't think he's going to be on my tickets necessarily. I don't like Lucas, so he's not going to be on my tickets. So <laughs> I'm a, I'll be rooting all right. against.
0: No offense. That's all right. Uh Caleb.
3: You guys have great banter back and forth. And like, like Pete just said, you guys don't always agree. You guys got a healthy amount of disagreement in your handicapping. Always uh, very researched and poignant and like great stats. So like I said, what gets me through long car rides, guys, I was driving out to Santa Anita every day. The minimum drive one way was like 57 minutes and my maximum was like 226. So (laughs) I can tell you that uh, you all on the podcast has uh, helped on a lot of drives there in LA. So you guys have done a great job, very consistent, and I'm really
0: impressed. Thanks, Caleb. I just want to let everyone know that Caleb reached out to us, and we're happy to have Caleb on any time, but he reached out to us specifically and said, Howard, I'd love to come on for the Keeneland preview. And I said, are you kidding? That's that's an automatic. So hats off. Thanks a lot, Caleb. Really appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you, my friend, this weekend. And if you have a chance, once you're done with the races or you got some time in between or or whatever, you're not going to be going back on the air, I'd like to buy a beverage or something, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll have some good time this weekend at Keeneland. No, we'll see you out there. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Caleb. Take yeah, care, Caleb. take care, man. All right, Caleb Keller. Really appreciate it. Did an awesome job as usual, guys? Check him out on FanDuel for sure. Uh, let's go to Pete, your pick five. Your pick five, two, six, eight, nine, eleven with one, six, with two, three, with three, six, nine, with one, two, five, ninety bucks.
1: Yeah, this one I, I feel like this is one of those pick fives that can be super chalky. If it, if everything goes a certain way or you got to hope, I think in either this one, I think this is one where you could maybe catch the price. And that's why I'm rooting for the six Olympic runner or the nine coffee maker. So I went a little bit deeper here because I think living the dream might be the most vulnerable favorite. The one I'm, I don't like that much. I kind of like your four static fire a little more. And I I would, I had her, I would have had her on the, her, yes, her on the ticket. But I think that bumped me up a little. I think it bumped me up maybe to one oh eight. So I was trying to be nice and didn't stopped
0: Paul before, Pete. I don't know why it's stopping you.
1: Well, P- Paul's a rebel and you know, he's you know, he's got he's got that grade one gamble credibility that I just don't have. So I don't right. go over. <laughs> uh oh, you're on you're on mute, I think, Paul. Pete, I look at that as a guideline, not a mandate. That's true. That, that is true. Maybe I'm too much of a rule follower. That doesn't happen in my real life, but I try and do it on the show, I guess. And then I didn't single in Italian. I probably would single in Italian and maybe add the four in that second leg. But I went with white beam just in case an Italian decides to get run down one more time. And then you hope generous tipper can upset locked and that would really blow up our blow up yeah. our pick five. And then in the last leg, I went with the two euros and up to the mark just in case he's just awesome. I'm not an Annapolis guy. I don't really necessarily, I don't usually back that horse. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep stick to that and, and stay off him one more time.
0: Yeah. I, well, I'll talk about my ticket, by the way, Trish Smith, uh, Paul said, forget the budget. He likes, she likes Paul's thinking Trish. I don't want to, you know, deep into your personal life, but I mean, you put it out on Twitter, aren't you engaged Trish? Don't you have a wedding to save for a little bit, or I don't know, maybe Trish is just uh you know, making boatloads of cash there at the track or whatever. Well, she likes spending,
1: she's spending our money. She's not spending <laughs> her money. She, right? There
0: you go. Good, good point. Uh, all right. Let's go to uh, Paul's pick five one, two, eight, nine with one, three, four, six with one, two, three with one, two, three, nine with one, $96. Paul,
2: yeah. I, I threw bad beat Brian in the first leg. Uh, I mean i like i like the Euro. uh i like the euro in the dream but and i'll have the eight as well on as an a but i i just wanted to have bad on a caveman i, I want to be uh spread a little there uh obviously spread in the next leg which is the um the uh come on come on screen jesus how many horses <laughs>
0: Uh, that's the that's the third bread, uh, that's the Philly uh, sprint. The race.
2: TCA, yes, the TCA. Yeah, because yep. yeah, I, I mean I again, Wicked Halo is a tepid selection, so I, I need coverage there. Uh I took all the thought out of just in case, and you know, again, you're not supposed to do this in a caveman, but I did use all three Chads for insanity insurance because <laughs> it seems like it just seems like that the highest price of his uh duet or troika or quad uh win as much as the favorite so uh on my abc i will have only the two and three as a wait
0: paul has georomantica won a grade one let me check uh i don't think yes (laughs) i think so oh has she okay the
1: q the qe2 oh
0: she did okay well then okay then yeah. that downgrades the one obviously. at
1: the at this track too paul at this no, track
2: yeah. how do you miss well now? that's why I would, that's why i picked it if, if she hadn't i would have probably picked her well
0: by the way chad said she's getting better she he, chad likes geo uh romanica yes chad. not necessarily to win this race but just for the record
2: no maybe. but i gotta tell you what you know at at eight or ten to one you know if you're looking for value. Uh, are, you saying, are, ever,
0: you, are you saying that possibly in a town it might come off the rail? Is that what you're in the stretch? Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> uh, well, who's that horse coming up the inside? Oh, it's the other yeah. Chad. Hmm.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's not going to be <laughs> a, anyone other than another Chad. Anyway, um, I just, I, and then I, I, you know, I, I think the uh, I do like Wine Steward, but I, I think that futurity okay. is is somewhat wide open, and then I'm singled at the end.
0: Okay, yeah, with Master of the Seas, you could do a lot worse than signaling Master of the Seas. It's interesting, guys. That's why I love doing this show uh with you gentlemen is cuz we all have like some kind of out of the box weirdo picks within your sequence, but you have to, right? I mean, you can't just unless you want to play a $5 pick 5 and go chalky, I mean, you you can do that too, but I think we all like to price shop in certain situations, right? You just have to find the right situation. Here's my I, I do
1: think I do think Howard real quick though on what you said. I think this is one of those sequences where you could do that. You could maybe play like a five, ten dollar ticket and just go super skinny if you think it's gonna chalk out and then play a separate ticket with the with the prices and you should you'll you'll definitely beat, you'll you'll definitely cover that loss if if it if it actually you'll you'll win both, depending on how you play it. You could still win both and still play the price ticket.
0: I've done that, Pete. I've done like a press up favorite and then like a wacko ticket with like no like one favorite and just try to get lucky. Uh, yeah. We got a lot of people, by the way, in the chat. Let's see here. What we got the wedding comments. Got some comments here. Uh, let's see what are we? Oh, here, here Trish Trish. Uh, also told the fiance to to forget the budget. LOL. With you guys, uh, but with you guys' picks, I should be rolling in it for a nice wedding budget. No pressure, guys. All right, no no pressure for us, Trish. We appreciate that. Um, Tom said, "That's right, Trish. You'll have an H H H royal. Wow, royal wedding. <laughs> That'd be." interesting uh and oh look at michael austin i saw chad brown at tatter uh, yes, the other day yeah. that's a, that's the one of the big european sales out there so what what country is that in what is that france that is in
2: england i believe england. that's in england is it
0: england okay oh you know what french is um um i'm drawing the blank on the front the french sale i think tattersalls is the uk yeah uh interesting so, okay, let's go with my ticket, guys. Here's my pick five. Now, you guys know me very well by now. How deep do you think I went in the first leg, the turf sprint?
2: Six. Five,
0: five and six. Let's see. I went one, two, three, seven. three. Seven. <laughs> Here's my ticket. Two, three, five, six, eight, nine, eleven. With one, three, four, six. With three. With three, nine. With one, four, nine. Eighty-four dollar ticket, guys. We didn't even talk about set piece. I, I we really sort of screwed the pooch on that one because set piece just won the Arlington Million, and I've been chasing that horse for for a long time this year. And then, of course, didn't use him in the Million, but he's in really good form and he's run very well at Keeneland. I would just caution everyone to take a look at the number four set piece in the in the Coolmore Mile. We didn't talk about him. He's run well at Keeneland. He's in good form. I don't think he's absolutely impossible. Anyway, and I don't have up the mark there at all. I'm spreading in the first leg because it's a turf sprint, and who the F knows. Um, I'm spreading the TCA, guys. I just don't trust Yaguri and Wicked Halo, and I could be totally wrong, but I got to spread a little. I'm singling an Italian. I mean, I made the mistake of the Great One Gamble, Paul, if you remember, trying to beat an Italian with, uh, was it with the Moonlight, the Euro? I can't remember. Was it with the Moonlight, I think, right? Stupid Yes. Yes. Fool me once, fool you. Fool me twice, shame on whatever. The well, Anyway, I'm I used like, an
2: Italian. I use I used an Italian.
0: Yeah, no, you were smart, smarter than me, of course. I'm singing an Italian, guys. Uh, Pete, I'm not messing around in the futurity. I mean, I'm I'm gonna use the six defensively, but I think locked with any decent trip is an absolute monster. I think he yeah. easily win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and I like Awesome Halo. I'm a little concerned about the pace situation, but I don't. If there was a closer, I really liked guys. I'd throw that one in there, but it just isn't. I mean, I think the six is interesting, but I don't know. I'm just going to chalk out there, and I'm going one, four, nine. I'm, I'm throwing my buddy Annapolis in there, and again, i talked about this on the show a zillion times, guys. Sometimes you have a horse that you absolutely hate in a situation, and you can come right back with that horse. I think that horse is interesting, and I'm going to throw him on, on the ticket. Guys, we're going to wrap up the show here. Let me put the banners up. Final thoughts. Uh, to end the show, it's going to be a fantastic weekend at Keeneland. <clears throat> it's going to be a great weekend, a lot of other places as well. Paul, final thoughts for this weekend or anything at Keeneland? I
2: think I'm going to go finalize my Friday power picks and send them to you, so you can <laughs> send them out tomorrow. That's that would be
0: nice because people are going to be waiting for them in the morning. We would, uh, I would appreciate that. Oh, effort. and that
2: breaking that. news: dracone will draw into the last race. Oh, oh, really? Nice. Yes, you there, know for- there'll be at least one scratch.
0: So the trainer heard that someone is scratching, basically.
2: I, I got an email, you know, the ownership group got an email today. Yeah, the racing office usually knows if definitively if there's going to be anything, you know, because people want to make plans to go. I'm not going, but uh, Dracone will draw in. So lucky 13.
1: There wasn't oh, a, there wasn't a I Tanya get? Harding. There wasn't a Tanya Harding situation like we discussed over no, time. Everything's right? on the up and up, Pete. Everything's okay, on the up right, and up. Unless, Pete, unless unless you sent some of your jersey guys without telling us. You know, Pete. You know hey, that's what <laughs> we brought somebody over from the old country to handle it. Curio so was seen on Furio. the Keeneland backstage. What are you going to say
0: Yeah. N- I, nothing about that. No, I was Pete. Paul was wondering in Vegas, what's the Shards Dracone double gonna pay?
2: Oh, how about that poly? Huh? I think maybe I'll do like a, a natural poly. I play Dracone to win, and if he wins, I'll put it all on shots on Sunday.
0: I certainly, Peach, I put him on the spot and ask him who he prefers wins. No, nah, I don't want to do that. It's like, yeah. what's your, what's your, what's the child you love more? Well, yeah. I mean, you because know. According to Deion it, Sanders, that's actually it, a real thing, but the, I don't.
2: The I 12 care. post going that, you know, the 12 post is, is not any bargain at that. I think Shards has
0: an appreciably better chance in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. Well, and
2: odds wise, what's he nine to two. He's getting some street cred from Mr. Tamaro.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Pete, final thoughts on Keelan. There's big races at at, uh, San Nita this weekend. Uh, The card Sunday at Woodbine, by the way, is fantastic. Also, you got to pay attention to, to at least watch replays or as, as much as you can, obviously family and other things gets in the way, but you know, if you're betting the Breeders' Cup, you, you don't wait till the week before. You you start your handicapping if you haven't already uh, this weekend.
1: Well, what is there is about seventeen. What was the number? About seventeen races this weekend that are Thank Breeders' you. Cup, something like that, something crazy. So, uh,
0: yeah, the, a ton of winning like, like, your ends. Tons of winning Yeah, so, it's
1: yeah. crazy. So, yeah. whatever track you go to, whichever track you like to play, you're going to see some Breeders' Cup potential horses. So, yeah. it's a fantastic weekend. It's probably. It's probably the best weekend in terms of Breeders' Cup. I mean, some of the big ones aren't here because all these horses now decide they're going to skip races and, and just train up. But you know, there's a lot of them here, and we got—we didn't talk about the, you know, Aqueduct just because of those races that were moved, and the Hirsch is going now. It's—it's it's a fantastic day, a fantastic yeah. weekend. You know, play everywhere if you if you can yeah. if you have the and, budget,
0: and pay attention to the news. Slowdown Andy is not running in the class. Like, there's a lot of things like every day. There's there's news coming out about the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Saudi Crown looks like it's pointing to the classic. I mean, there's just, uh, again, there's information coming out every day. So pay attention. Speaking of paying attention, we really appreciate you, everyone out there. Big shout out to everyone watching and listening. Our viewership continues to explode, and we're going to have fantastic coverage for the Breeders' Cup guys in a few weeks. The next, uh, don't be strangers, the next two weeks, we're going to have some interesting, like, out of the box, evergreen type of shows. Uh, We're going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, who we'd like in the Breeders' Cup and who we don't, like from an odds perspective. We're going to look at different ways to gamble. We're going to look at some different things, guys, because it is a little bit of a downtime in terms of races now between this weekend And the previous couple, we're going to have a lot of info for everyone. So Saturday, Sunday,
1: like you said, on the bottom, Keeneland today, our first two,
0: 1030,
1: 1030 a.m. Saturday and Sunday, me and Paul will be on Saturday talking about the early pick five. So we'll have basically we'll have the whole card covered. in in these two days for the most part. And then Sunday, myself and Charlie Freeman from betting and Boozing are going to cover the late pick five on Sunday, which covers shards and then the idiomatic and nest rematch. So two great cards, two great days. Join us live in the chat. We'll be live again, 10 30 AM Eastern Keeneland today.
0: Thanks for the plug. I think we'll end the show guys with a wonderful uh, comment in the chat from the great Thomas Spinoza. Great show, guys! Thanks, Caleb. Good luck to everyone and win some money. So, for my great co-host, Pete Visco, and whoop, I gotta take off the banner. Sorry, uh, a lot of things to press here. Then, all right, for Pete Visco, and I still didn't do it. I'm now I'm screwing up the ending. Everything went so well, guys, until that point. Comments. There we go. Pete's like, I know, I know, we, I can feel you. Uh, okay, now we're good. <laughs> for Pete Visco. Paul Howard, and this has your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 295 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Crush your bets Saturday at Keeneland. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.